Hi there, I'm Alan Mann, and this is Stories in Stride, brought to you by American Region Animal Health, makers of Ataquan IM. In this series, we take a glimpse into the remarkable true events of those who have left their mark on our equestrian community. We hear the heartbreaks and triumphs and the untold stories of our equestrian heroes and their amazing animals. The journey starts now. Today, our special guest is J.D. Yates, a roping icon. J.D.'s career spans six decades and includes more awards and titles than you can count. It started early when he became the youngest national finals rodeo team roping qualifier in history at 15. J.D. has won two collegiate national finals rodeo team roping championships, has competed in over 20 national final rodeo events, has won over 30 AQHA World Championships with five Super Horse titles. JD, his sister Kelly, and his dad Dick are the only father-son-daughter trio to compete at the NFR in the same year. And just as his father shares his love of roping with JD, JD is now passing along that same love and passion to his son Trey. The talent and dedication shows as the legacy continues. Please welcome this incredible equestrian and my dear friend, J.D. Yates. Welcome, J.D. Uh, thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's uh, great to uh, be able to visit with you all and uh, uh, share some stories. With that, how did your journey with horses begin? Well, I was kind of born into it, uh, you know, uh, although my father mainly, when I come along, he mainly uh, rode bucking horses. I was just, you know, just a little tug. And so I was around it all the time. And so as I started getting older, then he started kind of getting into team roping. And I was just like every kid, you know, I seen all these pictures and I go to all these rodeos and my dad riding these bucking horses. And so, yeah, I was roping all the time, trying to, and doing this and that. But, uh, you know, as he was roping calves, I wasn't big enough. And, you know, of course, then team roping was just beginning a little bit. And so he started team roping with some guys around here. Well, I was too little to team rope. I started out trying to ride them bucking horses and bulls. And I figured out quick that I wasn't no good in the bareback riding. And so then I, I rode some bulls. And as uh, and I was doing pretty well in it, and I come home one day from a little bitches rodeo here in town, and my dad wouldn't go watch, and he and I won it, won the bull riding, and uh, he said all these horses are going to be sold if you don't quit bull riding and, and start roping more, and so that was the end of my bull riding career, and that's where I started team roping, and we took it up and took it on from there. Wow, that's awesome. So, can you uh, help? describe for our listeners what the sport of team roping is all about and how it works you've got two horses two people and uh, a steer involved and so everybody needs to do their job as far as your horse your header and your healer you know and it's a it's a, a judged event and a lot of times it's a timed event but still the more correctly you do it and the guy that goes out and ropes the horns, turns the steer back, the guy that comes in and heals him, the more correctly you do it, most of the time, the more correctly your time is and the better your horse works. And, you know, the, the key ticket to uh, any of it is, uh, you know, our horses are 
probably the biggest percentage of what it takes to become uh, a winner. You know, I'm going to say the horses have been probably 70% of my success of the industry of team roping and being successful in the arena. Wow. Wow. So you had mentioned that your dad gave you an ultimatum about uh, riding bulls versus riding horses. And so give us a little insight into what it was like from that point on growing up alongside your dad in this uh, amazing sport. He kind of quit roping calves. We started team roping more and team roping more. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of one of those deals where it, uh, it fell together. You know, the more I practiced, the more I rode my horse, the better I might get. And that's kind of what the ultimatum he gave me, you know, of course he was a brand inspector. He worked for the state and, you know, we, um, we had four horses and he might get home in time to practice. Otherwise I would take the four horses and, uh, just go out and we I had an old steer that would just trot around at the end of the arena and that was my practice for the day and I called him a lead steer you know we didn't have the rope and dummies and we didn't have the deals uh, that you pull to practice and stuff in those days three days a week that that was my practice and you know but that's what I loved you know I was never very I loved all the sports in school um, I uh, I was not very good at any sport uh you know other than i liked the wrestling i liked to play basketball and i had everything against me in basketball I w- i'm a little short fat guy and can't run but i loved it i loved i wanted to be a part of school but you know it wasn't uh it, it didn't work out and so it just uh, turned me more to roping and you know and you know to make the national finals the first year i i was lucky i i was turning 15 in august and uh so for my birthday, my parents stopped, bought my professional card on the way to that rodeo. So I was immediately a professional contestant that my money would start counting towards professional earnings on the way to the rodeo. And that was my birthday present. It was $130 and it strapped them. Wow. So that took you to Greeley and, um, what what I won, happened in Greeley? I won the rodeo at Greeley. And uh, so we went to four or five rodeos over the 4th of July, and we did really well. My dad was still working, so we were just uh, going to rodeos on Friday nights, Saturdays, and Sundays. And we would come home, and he would work all week, and then we would go back to rodeoing on the weekend when they bought my card, it wasn't, that was not their intention of buying my card. It was, that was my birthday present because they knew that was a dream. At, at that juncture, so you're, you have your card, you're a professional at 14, going on 15, uh, was, so you were the healer and your dad was the header? Right, right. When you and your dad realized that uh, you had qualified to go to the National Finals Rodeo for the first time, was he as excited as you were? You know, uh, my dad's probably the most level-headed man that ever walked as far as uh, 
going and competing. And uh, even today at uh, 83 years old, I took him to a roping. And all the rest of the teams, whether it was the money or the pressure or whatever, they all missed. He didn't try to be five or four or anything. He just went caught his steer. They were uh, 7.8 seconds and uh, they won $7,000 a piece. And wow. at eight, three years old, he didn't try to get out of his comfort zone of what he knows how to do. And like you said, man, you just got to rope the, rope the cattle you have drawn. And if you're supposed to win, you'll win. If you're not, you go, you'll come back the next day. Wow. So and, what a, what a great mentor to learn from. Oh yeah. I wish in, even to this day at my age, I get so more intense about having to do this or I need to do it this way or whatever because I need to keep stepping it up, stepping it up. And he keeps telling me, you need to do your job. You need to do your job. And I think that was one of the successes to our competition is he could keep me in check when I roped with him for my first 13 years of my professional career. I roped with my dad he wanted to retire from roping. Wow, what a blessing. So let's fast forward now to 1984. So now you and your dad qualified to go to the National Finals Rodeo, and along comes your sister Kelly to compete in barrel racing. So now all in the family, off to the NFR. What was that like? My sister is a superb athlete. You know, she had colleges like UCLA often her full ride scholarship for gymnastics. I mean, she could do that run and jump on that map and flip over and do all that, whatever they do in that she could do it. She was a winner and uh, she got out of high school and uh, she said she loves the horses more than she did that. Then that had become a dream of hers to make the national finals. And it got to be a pretty unique situation. Kelly went and did it and, we did it. It was kind of fun. And at what point did you realize that your sister was going to the NFR with you? I knew that if that was ever a goal, she would do it. I mean, you know, and it just, it become a, a fashion to her and that's what she wanted to do. And she took off and did it and she did it. And then she did it a few more times on different horses. And, you know, she just got that gift uh, with a horse for the three of us to make it and to have a, uh, I guess it would call a gift of a family trio. I will say in all of my career until my son come along, it was the greatest moment of my life. Wow. Wow. What a story to share. And what about you and your son Trey now? What are you, what are you hoping for, for his future? Me and my son, we get along really well. He's probably my most encouragement now today to keep going to some rodeos. Go, let dad, let's, you know, go. He begs me to go rodeo with him. I'm a past my prime in the rodeo arena. When he was probably ready to go, I was still able to go compete maybe on that level. And I guess I'm labeled today as a bad dad because I made him finish college before I would let him go full-time rodeoing and I wanted him to have his college done and 
I think it's a great experience for kids to go understand how to get through life and a little bit be out on their own, but still have a little bit of control. And, you know, my son was very fortunate. He got a full ride scholarship and he owed it to those colleges that give him a full ride scholarship to go to school and get his degree. And then he's got all the rest of his life to go rodeo. And, you know, so I missed a couple of years there, probably when we could have went together and maybe, maybe did that for a legacy, but I'm, I'm a bad dad. I made him go to school and finish school. And I still think it's probably the smartest move I ever made for him. What a great uh, commitment to the bigger picture in life. So in wrapping up this most amazing conversation, J.D., what's the best advice you ever received in your equestrian career? You know, I've had a lot of great advice. Um, I've been fortunate, you know, to work. I worked for four different outstanding horse trainers that I give credit to some of the success. You know, I love my rodeo and um, it is my passion. It's what I loved. The horses took me there and I just happened to find another street along the way that I liked just as much and that was training and riding the horses and then it turned into a business for me. So the one thing that that one of the horse trainers told me, and his name was Benny Catrone, and uh, he told me, he said, you know, you ever learn to train horses for yourself, you're only going to be an okay horse trainer. He said, horses are like cars to 90% of the public. I just looked at him, and, and I'm like, how's a horse like a car? How's a, what, How does that relate to the general public? Well, the general public can drive a car. They push on the brakes to stop them. That means you pull on the reins to stop them. Turn the steering wheel to the left to make the truck car turn left. You turn the steering wheel to the right, it turns right. And if you can train horses to do that, the general public can, will ride with you forever because you can train a horse that they can relate to. Every time I get on a horse to start training them, I try to train a horse that anybody can get on and ride. Now, not every horse is that way, and I get it, but, and all horses are unique individuals. They have little things that you might have to do different here or there to get them to understand what you're trying to get through to them, but that was one of the greatest things that I learned in the horse training business that has related to the general public when I'm training horses for other people. Wow, wow, and that is amazing insight. JD, I I just want to thank you for taking us on this most amazing journey today and just wish all the best to you and your son Trey, to Dick, to Kelly, uh, to all those young people that are in your life. All right, I appreciate y'all's time. Thank you very much. As always, thanks for listening. Before you go, please take a minute to subscribe to this podcast. We want you to be the first to know the incredible stories we have lined up in coming episodes. Till then, happy riding.